Good morning. morning. And good morning in the Zoom room and on Facebook. Please allow my words to speak for you. As I bring myself into this room, I let go of anything that has come before and anything that will be coming after. Just bringing myself into this space, taking a deep breath in, and releasing. Breathing in peace, Breathing out peace. And in this space, right here, right now, I open my heart. I open my mind. I open my soul as I prepare to listen as Reverend Diana talks about peace. With deep joy and anticipation, I give thanks for the ability to be here, to be with my family, and for the rainy day. Knowing that everything flows smoothly and each one receives exactly what they need, I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. Good morning. Welcome, one and all, whether you're here online with us or here in person this morning. My uh, partner will be up shortly. (laughs) So we're going to begin our meditative journey this morning by joining our voices, deepening our intimate connection in spirit with song. drop on down a little deeper. 
continue our meditative journey this morning with eyes closed if you're comfortable or gaze turned downward to get rid of distractions and settling into the space bringing full awareness into this moment fully fully arriving and becoming aware of your breath Just noticing. Taking a few deep breaths at your own pace. Setting your own flow. And letting that breath anchor you. Deeply grounded in the present. deeply rooted in peaceful presence. And together we enter into sacred ritual. We form and hold a powerful vision. Together we envision a web of consciousness surrounding and infusing the earth. We see and feel ourselves to be a point of radiant light in that web. Can you feel the light that you are radiating from deep within you? And now expanding our awareness, we sense that same light shining in and from every human being with no exception. One by one, we acknowledge every creature as an expression of light. Every plant, every rock, every grain of sand, awakening to the light that radiates from the soil and the water from the clouds and the heavenly bodies. 
we know that there is no separation between us. We are all of one light, one life. We feel our inherent interconnectedness. As self-reflective beings, we acknowledge our personal responsibility and our role as caretakers in sacred service to one another, to all life forms, and to the sacred Mother Earth that sustains us all. Grounded in our oneness, we consciously sense and feel our rootedness, and we explore what it means to cultivate an awakened and peaceful heart. We know that in order to be rooted in blessed peace, both our bodies and minds must be peaceful. We are reminded of ways to cultivate peace in body and mind. Drawing our awareness inward, following the breath. Scanning the body for tension and consciously relaxing. Sending healing white light and love to places of any kind of dis-ease in the body. Bringing awareness to the space between the breaths. The space between heartbeats. the space between thoughts. This is your still point. And now lengthening that space. Lengthening the peace inside you. Having reminded our bodies and minds how to become peaceful, we recognize that this is not where the journey ends. To be rooted in an awakened, peaceful heart, there must also be peace in your speech. We are blessed by the power of speech. We can sing and chant convey important information. We can ask for what we need, set boundaries, encourage and comfort others, express joy or sorrow or whatever we are feeling. Our speech is a vehicle for connection. Our speech has the potential for expressing the true voice of our soul. 
but in its journey of expression, it passes through the filter of everything we've been taught, of everything we think we are. Your voice is distinct, not like anyone else's. Your words are built from a lifetime of your own unique vocabulary. The way you speak, the tone, volume, and cadence of your words are as unique as your fingerprints. You have crafted it over the years woven it into your behaviors. No one knows what you really mean, what you have left unsaid, what you're thinking, or how you really feel until you speak it. Your voice contains the energy of a lifetime and it holds magnificent power. Words, like actions, can have meaningful consequences. In our more awakened moments, we've all said kind words and felt their healing power. And in our tired, triggered, or overwhelmed states of mind, we have used hurtful words that we wish we could take back and felt their impact in our lives. Our words can be clever or casual, direct, or ambiguous. We can paint them with anger or sweetness. Words don't just come out of our mouth. We get to choose what they will be and how we will deliver them. When speech is used to react, we are more likely to lash out, misspeak, or hide the truth. At such times, our words do not communicate our true feelings or our true needs. But if we can become comfortable with a bit of silence before we speak, Take a breath, maybe count to 10, maybe ask for guidance. We can choose the energy that our words convey and more consciously respond. We can be impeccable with our words. Those who practice meditation 
have an advantage. We spend time in stillness and silence. This cultivates patience, thoughtfulness, conscious reflection. In meditation, we learn how to pause and breathe and allow the next moment to unfold, trusting that greater clarity is coming to light. We understand that we transform the world by transforming ourselves. And transforming our speech into kinder, more compassionate expression, we impact everyone we interact with. One way to speak from your peaceful, awakened heart is to pause and ask yourself, is what I want to say absolutely true? If not, stop right there. If so, is it kind? Again, if not, no more needs to be said. <clears throat> if yes, is it necessary? Does it actually improve upon the silence? New Thought Ancient Wisdom teaches us that our words sets divine power into motion, that our thoughts and words actually create our experience. In the story at the very beginning of the Hebrew Torah, Elohim speaks the entire cosmos into being. And God said, and it was so. The Gospel according to John begins with the Aramaic phrase, Rashit Aitohi Wa Miltha, the beginning 
was the miltha, a word that means word, substance, instance, or manifestation. The words we think and speak contain the substance of what manifests in and as our lives. Our words give rise to our experience. We all want our lives to be peaceful, creative, and meaningful. Do the words we speak reflect those qualities? Is our inner dialogue peaceful? Do we encourage or discourage our creativity? Is everything that we communicate to others something we would like to hear spoken to us? As our heart awakens, we get a more and more instinctive understanding of our oneness with each other and with all of life. What we say and do to others, we say and do to ourselves. We already love our neighbor as ourselves. How we treat others is a reflection of what we feel we deserve. A peaceful, awakened heart is a wide-open heart, a heart that is large enough to embrace our own shortcomings and those of others. It is a container substantial enough to hold the sorrows of life without sacrificing the joy, to always look for the beauty at the heart of all things, and to behold conflicts in the world without surrendering its peace. As we share this time in sacred silence together, let us use our creative thoughts to gently coax our hearts into a greater opening and a greater awakening.
we allow the music to bring our awareness back into this time and place, our hearts remain wide open and wide awake. Grateful for this time of communion with spirit and with one another, and grateful for the uplifting words now flowing out from our awakened hearts into our thoughts. Thank you, God, for everyone and for everything. I invite you to know with me now that Spirit is moving powerfully through each of us and through our beloved community. Individually and collectively, we are a powerful spiritual influence on our world. As we evolve in consciousness, the benefits of our growth ripple out, blessing the entire world. As Reverend Diana continues to share her inspired words with us, we surrender to our divine nature. We allow, allow ourselves to live directly from our peaceful, awakened hearts. ancient teacher Lao Tzu once said that if there is to be peace in the world there must be peace in the nations if there is to be peace in the nations there must be peace in the cities if there is to be peace in the cities there must be peace between neighbors And if there is to be peace between neighbors, there must be peace in the home. If there is to be peace in the home, there must be peace in the heart. No matter the grief or loss or disappointment in our life, it is always possible to heal to return to our sense of wholeness, to open the heart, and to fill it with an abiding peace. It seems paradoxical. The most tender part of you is also the strongest part of you. In your vulnerability, rests your strength. Your awakened heart is so tender that it knows only compassion, but so strong that it can transcend every circumstance unconditionally. This was the core teaching of the Buddha, of the Rabbi Jesus, of Mother Teresa and Martin Luther King Jr., among others. It is a decision, a mindset. 
Will we embrace it or not? In every moment we can seek love and compassion or something else. We have learned an entire vocabulary that distances us from our true source. Our hearts tend to close a little bit with every hurtful experience. We crave acceptance, approval, validation, appreciation, and affection. We desire to be held and loved and cherished, listened to and heard. And with every heartache, we tend to build walls, moving further and further from who and whose we are. These barriers keep out the healing light of love. They only protect us from moments of truth or maybe from someone who might touch us deeply. They protect us not from the hurt, but from the healing and the wholeness. The power of your awakened and peaceful heart holds the key to knowing your own divinity. Your ability to see yourself in another's heart and to see another's heart in your own, this is true empathy. It is the most powerful, expansive, and transformational aspect of your being because it leads to compassion. And true compassion, asking and seeking to understand what's it like to be you, leads to a peaceful heart and a peaceful world. Nothing is ever lost, and we are not forgotten. We are living in the heart of God. Nothing is ever lost, and we are not forgotten. We are living in the heart of God. We are living, we are living, we are living in the heart of God. We are living. Morning. 
and the green leaves shiver in the summer breeze. The songbirds singing through the honeybees. We're living in the heart of God. We are living. We are living. We are living in the heart of God. We are living. by praying together, knowing that there is one source of all of life. By whatever name we call it, whether we call it God or Spirit or Universe, Infinite Intelligence, Mother Earth, it's all one life. It is the essence and the substance and the process of all that is going on. And it lives and breathes and moves and has its being by way of its creation. 
the spirit, the intelligence becomes the creation and has the experience of being whatever form it takes. And so I know for each one of us today that as we move into our week this week, we walk more mindfully around the peace that we hold in our speech. I know for each one that we come to know our own capacity to pause, to breathe, to consider the truth and the kindness and the necessity of our words. And as a result, we speak more clearly, more compassionately in ways that promote peace. And I know that this process of attending to our speech brings a deeper sense of peace into our hearts. As each one of us moves through the week in a more peaceful and wholehearted state, all who cross our paths cannot help but be affected by our presence. And so we uplift We share the joy of living. And so deeply grateful for all of the gifts of this day. Deeply grateful for each one here and the time, the safe travel, the intention that brought us together. I give thanks. And I know that each one is fed in just the right and perfect way to further the journey of the soul. And so I release the power of my word, knowing that it does carry that power, and that it is creative, and that for each of us we create by the power of our thought and word and action. Releasing this prayer, trusting absolutely that it's already at work and forever working. We just let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Amen. Ah, and so coming back into this space, we can open our eyes and our hearts and our minds, take a look around at who's here celebrating with us today. This is your spiritual family, should you choose it for yourself, or one of your spiritual families, should you choose it for yourself. No reason you can't have many. These are people who care about you, who are there for you if you need anything at all. And because we're social beings, we're interdependent, community is very important. Finding community is important. So thank you for being here today, for sharing. And it's time for us to close our Teze meditation portion of our gathering. And as we do, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial good, should you choose to, uh, in support of the work that we're doing here in the community and in the world. 
If you're joining us online, you can go to mysticheart.org and find our donate button or our mailing address. And we thank you in advance for all of the gifts that you offer this community, your time and skill and talent and treasure and love and, and all that you offer and bring. We feature a short video today during our offering, highlighting some of the farmers being supported by Farmer's Footprint. We just sponsored our third acre Yay. for regeneration. And so this is just two and a half minutes long, but take a peek at some of the farmers that are being affected by our gifts. Regenerative agriculture is simply a way of being, of doing things. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of relating, not with nature, but relating within nature, ourselves included as part of nature. Regenerative for me is this give and take, like reciprocity. I like the word reciprocity when I think of regenerative. You're maybe taking something, but you're giving back just as much. When I think about regenerative ocean farming, it's a lot about how are you improving the space that you're working in? Are you leaving it better than when you found it? For us, black land and having black land is, is important for regeneration because we have a space to be free and have black joy for regeneration. So there's multiple ways just outside of regenerative farming that we think about regeneration. This is a lot of lot of nature just taking its course and it's it's beautiful. Our long-term mission is to provide jobs in the area, so keep local kids here, hopefully. Raising young ones into the industry. It can give grandfathers and fathers a lot of comfort knowing that there are more options to keep their children on the water other than just commercial fishing. Our goal, really, and one of our missions is to promote Afroecology and reconnect uh, Black folks back to their agrarian roots and also kind of educate um, a new generation of Black and Brown farmers and growers and create this space uh, for people to learn in a safe space, people to grow personally, spiritually, know, physically, intellectually. We were from an agrarian base. We got away from that when we took those more industrialized type paths. The soil suffered, the farm suffered, the family, community, everything suffered. We just want to be that voice of the transition and say, hey, we're in this together. It's baby steps, but don't make the mistakes we did. In order for us to continue to feed the world, we are going to have to restore the very foundation on which we depend to feed the world, which is the natural ecosystem that we are part of. What I've been trying to do is just convince people there's a better way. It's so easy to do better. our third acre thanks to you and all of the donations that come in at lunchtime that's what gets funneled into those donations so thank you so much and thank you for these gifts that you offer to this community so that we can continue to do the, the, the good work we're doing in so many ways in our community we are just so so grateful so it is Thank you for being here for Taze this morning. You're welcome to take a little breather. There's coffee today. It's
Sorry, we're just talking away up here. Well, we're having everybody. fun. Yes, we're having a great time. There, that's better. That was too soft. Good morning. And good morning to everyone in Facebook and the Zoom room. Wonderful that you could make it. Please let my words speak for you. As I take a deep breath, and release, bringing myself into this perfect space. Breathing in peace. Breathing out peace and letting it flow around me. Letting go of everything that has come before and knowing that there is one, one source of everything that I see, touch, feel, do, know. In deep gratitude, I know that each and every one here is a living, breathing manifestation of the one source, as am I. And so I open my heart, I open my mind, I open my soul in peace and joy and love and laughter as I prepare to listen to Reverend Diana, knowing that I am fed and that each one here is fed in exactly the right and perfect way. And so I just say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. So it is. Amen. Yeah, we have a chance to listen to one another in here because we all get to talk. <laughs> but let's start out by... Uh, joining our voices together in a little bit more upbeat way. Get up if you want to. Don't hesitate to dance, move, or whatever you're called to do. Welcome to the Mystic Heart. Join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part. Make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible through so prayer. Welcome to your mystic heart. Okay, here we go. Everybody get up on your feet, see the light in everybody you meet. Everybody 
everybody get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Let us be reminded of who we've come to be. We are love, we are one, one big family. Let us make a joyful sound, here we stand on holy ground. Let us make a joyful sound, here we stand on holy ground. Let us make a joyful sound, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. Don't go anywhere. We got a song called Stand. We've done it before. I think you'll recognize it. Let there be peace. I am a stand for peace. Let there be love. I am a stand for love. Let there be joy. I am a stand for joy. We are making a new world now. Let there be peace. I am a stand for peace, let there be love. I am a stand for love, let there be joy. I am a stand for joy, we are making a new world now. Let there be peace, I am a stand for peace, let there be love. I am a stand for love, let there be joy. I am a stand for joy, we are making a new world let there be peace. I am a stand for peace. Let there be love. I am a stand for love. Let there be joy. I am a stand for joy. We are making a new world now. Let there be peace. I am a stand for peace. Let there be love. I am a stand for love. Let there be joy. I am a stand for joy. We are making We are making a new world now. We are making a new world now. Feel free to stand if you want, or in some way, get your whole body involved. If you're sitting, reach your arms, just feel the energy because we're going to take a moment to do our opening ritual. Ritual is important. And every week we begin with a vision of a love-soaked world. So take a moment to feel the vibration of the presence of God by whatever name you call it, enlivening your body, breathing your lungs, flowing through you as the blood in your veins, presence of spirit, the life energy moving through you, the love energy filling you up, coming alive in your hands and your arms, coming up through your feet and your legs, moving toward the center of your body, toward the core, toward your heart, 
and just filling you up. And as we embody our divine connection, we feel the power of creation moving through. We hold our vision of a love-soaked world where all humans are open to and living from the peace and joy and abundance, the generosity, the justice, and the freedom that are the living principles that guide every life. We don't just speak it, we live it. Where all humans practice loving kindness and compassion and care for our beautiful planet as the sacred home that she is. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, the safety of a warm and comfortable home, medical care, education, healthy relationships, right livelihood, creative contribution, and a sense of belonging. A world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light. Where the peace we cultivate within us shows up in our world as a world free of hatred or violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there's absolute abundance in just having enough, where every being deserves and receives all that is needed for a full and rich and contented life. In this new world of our creation, every member of the human family serves as a conscious vessel through which goodness is forever flowing. We come together joining our powerful intention, offering the Great Spirit a new template, a new way of living on earth. We will not lower our vision until it has come into form knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, it is inevitable. We take the necessary steps towards its creation. We call it forth from the realm of infinite possibility, knowing that it is taking form right here and right now. We align our actions to support and nurture its graceful unfolding. We give thanks that this is so. We let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me in that every week. So let's take a slow, deep breath in. And whatever you need, let it go. Feel the shift in the room when we do such a visioning, a prayer, a practice.
that is embodied in that way. There's a shift in the energy. There's a shift in the heart, in its openness. So we open up our heart as we prepare for a conscious conversation. And you guys are going to do the talking. I'm just going to ask the questions. So this is easy for me. So our theme this month is rooted. We started out last week by scanning the body, using the healing light of spirit to heal and restore any areas of dis-ease that we might be holding, any tension that we might be holding. This morning we did a, a brief review, but last week we really took some time with that. And we practiced calming the mind, finding the still point between the breaths. There is a still point when you inhale, there's a pause, and then exhale, there's a pause. And we gave attention to the still point between the heartbeats and the still point between the thoughts. And then we practiced lengthening that still point to lengthen the peace that lives within us. Because if we are to stay rooted in spirit, we have to be able to awaken and live from the peace that is always available in our bodies and in our minds. Yes? Mm -hmm. We have to be able to do that when we choose to. During Teze this morning, we spent time contemplating the importance of bringing peace to our speech and awakening the peace in our hearts. So I'd like to open up some conversation to expand and deepen the effect of this morning's practice. I'd like to share a quote to begin that I jotted down as I was listening to a teacher It's on Insight Timer. His name's David G. And um, he said, sometimes being right is overrated. <laughs> No one is going to stand up at your memorial and say, and they were right so often. <laughs> but they will stand up and talk about how you spread peace and kindness with your words and your actions. So what do you think about this idea that being right is overrated? Happy is more important than being right. But don't we believe sometimes we can be both? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe sometimes we can. Maybe a sometimes. Compassion. A little compassion. Well, when you say being right reminds you of the uh, earlier service. Mm -hmm. What you say, is it, is it truthful? Yeah, it might be truthful. It might be right. But... so-called uh, truthful or I am right statement or thought. Okay, good, thank you. It's insightful. I have Lucinda and then Chris. Well, a lot of times if I'm really feeling like I've got to be right, mm -hmm. 
it's time for me to stop and take a look at where I'm coming from. Because I might be getting just a little bit too competitive. <laughs> Good insight also. <laughs> Chris? Building on that competition, competitive, but I have to be right. But it's an interesting thought if we say something and it has to be right, we have closed off any flow of other possibilities. Okay. So we've closed off the flow of any other possibilities. I was going to say, it can be boring. It can be boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kimberly? I found out that when I think I'm right, uh -huh. that I usually end up being alone. Because oh. everybody, you know, they think they're right and you're right and, you know, they it's go different. Divisive, yes. Isn't it? Yes. And yeah. you know what? You don't win, you lose. Both of you do if you both go different directions because right. you've got to be right. Because where's the connection in that? Right. Yeah. I, think yeah. there's a, there's a, I think there's an issue too of <clears throat> what is right. Because what is right? There are, I've been in many situations where I was told that something was right and I knew that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But because I had done it <coughs> a different way than they had done it, they thought that they were right, right. and I was wrong. But fact is there were multiple <coughs> thinking about something and neither of them was right and one of them you just have to choose one of them and you would be successful. Right. There's a word for that. We all have it. Opinion. Opinion. Mm -hmm. Perspective. Justification. We're all justifications that come with our perspectives. Preference. Preferences. Yeah, we're all unique. Is that a hand? Oh, I'm sorry, Max. Go ahead. <laughs> um, a lot of times being right can differentiate with the people you love and cause arguments. So ah, sometimes yeah. being right isn't always necessarily good. Being right is not always necessary, especially if you make like a big issue of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. I think the need to be right drives a wedge between you and person you're trying yeah. to prove you're right. Definitely. April? You really have to stop and ask yourself, does it actually matter? Does it matter? Yeah, I, saw, yeah. I saw a yeah, post on, around New Year's, uh, a little meme on Facebook that said, um, <clears throat> this year my peace will be more important than my opinion. And ah. it said, and it said um, two plus two is five for you? I'm glad. Enjoy that. Right. <laughs> and all of its effects. Does it, does it actually matter? Right. If, yeah. You know, I think if you don't want someone to slam you with their point of view, you can't do that to them. And maybe they'll come to the same conclusion as you their own way, or that's right. just their, their little truth or whatever. Does it matter? Yeah. No. Doesn't hey, you're matter. right. Does it mean you can't, love, doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can't right. love someone for being different in opinion right. than you? That's Can we all, agree to be matters. different? Sure. Have different opinions we peacefully. Better. We better in here. In here we better, it's right. Because <laughs> we do. That's what we do here. Yes. Well, it also occurs as a four-word phrase that maybe I could practice letting go of. I told you so. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, letting go of that one might serve you. I wished you. Miley and then Chris and then Kimberly. Did I see your hand a minute ago? No? Okay. <laughs> I'm reminded of the expression, dead right. Oh, ow. <laughs> <laughs> dead right. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a powerful statement that people are making. I'd be careful of that one. <laughs> uh, my teacher Ramtha said, "In all of eternity, is this going to matter?" Right. Eternity <laughs> is this going to matter in the big picture? Really. So why are we so attached to being right? Ego. 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 And the biggie. But ego isn't all bad, right? No, it's we not. We talked about that. Got we need, we need its protective it. nature. We need its drive. But it can get out of control sometimes. It's the insecure part of it. The insecure part of the ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does that do for us when we have a sense of rightness? Makes you feel empty right here. Makes you feel empty? It blocks you off, too. Yeah, blocks you off. Superiority. Makes you feel superior to other people. Yeah. Momentarily. Momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> For just, just a beat, right? The, the worst is when you swear you're right. And you argue it, and then you find out you're wrong. You're like a whole, you know what? Yeah, a little bit of humility kicks in. It was even worse because you argued so hard. Right. And you just look even worse. Yeah. So how? Yeah. How can we become? Think taking all of that in. How can we become more peaceful with our speech? What are some ways that work for you, uh, Kimberly? When somebody asks me a question, mm -hmm. used to be I just, whatever came out of my mouth came out. Now I pause mm -hmm. and think about what I'm going to say, and then I say it, and it sure helps things go better <laughs> think about it before you just right, word so it just, out. Just pause. Yeah, pause. Think a minute. David? Well, that's virtually what I was going to say. Uh-huh. Think before you speak. Think before you speak. See only the good. See only the good. So, um, think before you speak. So that has very little to do with ego. Right. Yeah. And it really, um, it's really helped me, too. When somebody asks me a question, I go, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and then go yes. think about it. Yeah, sit with it for a while. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's been a lifesaver for me. Uh, I'm going to think about that and get back to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, in a f oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, practice, practice putting myself in a peaceful place before I start a conversation. What a great idea. Make if sure I'm peaceful, you're I'm not going to argue. There you go. All right. Sometimes I put myself in other people's shoes just in oh, case yeah. you don't know what they're really going through and it may just be a really hard day for them even. Right, exactly. It's down to simple things almost. Yeah. In the Teze, I mentioned my favorite question again, you hear it often, what is it like to be you with everything you've gone through in your whole life and everything you're feeling right now and what you've had for breakfast and how much sleep you've got in. What is it like to be you? So that's true empathy, right? Nice. It's a respect for the person. Yes, it's very respectful. With and acknowledging the, the, the God within them. Acknowledging that divinity. Because yeah. 
All of creation has that spark. You have to look for it sometimes. And if somebody does something and you're not really happy with it, you mm -hmm. need to realize that we're all mirrors and how come you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it that that bothers me so much? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> good point. David? Well, it's exactly along the same lines, but I can't deny a Native American prayer that uh, may I walk a mile in this man's shoes before right. I judge anything. Yeah. Walk a mile in this man's shoes before I make judgment. So in 400 BCE, Socrates is accredited with something called the three questions. And we've been mentioning it. We ta I just barely mentioned it at the end of the tasting today. Or it's called sometimes the test of three as a tool for creating more peaceful speech. And the Quaker tradition calls it the three sieves, like filters, sieves. So here's the general idea. Information can flow into us unfiltered. It just comes and we kind of take it in. But before it leaves our lips, like it's processed and gets moved back out again, it should pass through multiple gates or filters <laughs> to see if it's worthy of the energy that it takes to speak it or if it's going to create a peaceful situation or something else. Does anybody, somebody already mentioned them. What are those three filters, Jean? You uh, yeah, the, is, it, is it truthful? Is it kind? Um, and is it... Uh, Helpful or necessary, yeah. So if it's not true or not valid, <coughs> it doesn't pass the first test. <coughs> so you just stop right there. If it's not true, you just, that's it, you're done. No talking. If it does pass that test, then you can move on to the next question. But what kinds of speech might not pass that test of is it true? Gossip. Gossip? Politics. Politics? <laughs> oh, religion? Yes. Opinions. Opinions? Religion? <coughs> Drama. Drama? Lots of things, huh? What about an out-and-out -out omission? Lie. Oh, ouch. You lie. Yeah. Lots of things that don't pass that test. Sometimes there might be something that seems true to us, but we're just not absolutely sure. Have you checked your facts? Have you done your research? Have you, are you sure what you're talking about with such rightness is true? So if you don't know that, then probably better to just be done. I think, not to add a level of complication, but... No, go right ahead. That's what we like. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay to talk about um, subjects that might be more conflicting. Mm -hmm. It's the way that you talk about it. If okay. I come out and say, uh, there is no such thing as global warming, I'm going to tick some people off. If I come out and say, 
I don't understand why people are so concerned about it. Can you please explain it to me? That's a whole different yes. approach. Yeah. And that's a question rather than a flat-out statement mm -hmm. spoken as truth. So, yeah. Or even making it, making it a statement, I feel, right. you know, yeah. finish the sentence, versus this is absolute truth. And, right. and then you can walk into some of those more conflicting sure. conversations. Sure. So what does it take to be able to speak those things in ways that are going to be well-received and respectful? More kindful. It takes kindness. Humility. Humility. An open mind. An open mind. An extra three seconds. An extra three seconds. Thank <laughs> you. This is a smart <laughs> there's that. Here. There's that pause again. Stop. How will I formulate this? Okay, this is how I'll formulate this. Instead of reaction, bah! That doesn't usually go over very well. Who said that? Well, sometimes it's a good idea to do a little research just for yourself and or be willing to say, I can't answer that, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. Do the research before you have the conversation. Right. Just because that's what I've heard or because that's, you know, right. it's not a good answer. And sometimes, <laughs> I mean, research, that's, now there's a explosive word. <laughs> right? You can go do research on everything under the sun that can be measured or observed and recorded. And you might find all these scientists are deciding that this is correct, and all these scientists are deciding that just the opposite is correct, and they've got all these studies, <coughs> everything that you'd ever need to back them up. So now again, you've done your research, does that mean you're right? Necessarily? It's, it's still your opinion. It's still an opinion yes. or a preferred way of aligning? Uh, it puts me in mind of inquiry. You uh -huh. absolutely know this is true. Right. And the answer is always no. Right. We never know, <laughs> absolutely. So maybe approaching it as questions and discussion, respectfully, is a, is a more mindful way or to that, go. Or that recognizing not everyone agrees. Right. I mean, that's... that's, that's and just accepting that, that that's how it is. Okay, David and then April. Well, in a lot of um, studies that I've done, I've realized that there's always polarization or both sides to the thing. Mm -hmm. So how do I determine which one's right? It's, um, it's a personal experience right. that when I know it's right for me, yes. then it's right. Right. But, uh, and it's that, right for that you. That takes out all the... Maybe, you know, right. both polarities of it. Then I imagine so when you speak it, in my soul. right? Yeah. Then that it's my experience that, right. not I'm right that. Because somebody said that was right. Right. Yeah. April. Uh, it just came to mind like everybody's on their own journey. <laughs> I'm at a certain point in my journey. You're at a certain point in your journey. Maybe your opinion or your point of view at this point in your journey is important for your journey. And right. where I'm at is important for my journey. And who am I to tell you how to walk your journey? Maybe right. you need to learn these things on your own. Maybe you need to study and come to different conclusions on your own for your own development. Mm -hmm. And also, if you're 
if you're into energy and protecting your vibration and your frequency, the minute you engage with someone in a, in a negative sort of a conflict kind of a way or an mm -hmm. argument, you just allowed your energy to deplete, yes. your vibration to drop, and now you're in a whole other place that isn't good for your journey. Is it that important? Is it worth my energy? Right. Who cares? Probably not. I can tell Kainoa the stove is hot all day. Right. They tell he Until burns he touches himself. It. Right. It's not going to be truth for him. It's yeah. just a story I'm telling him. You know? Right. But yeah. Maybe he needs to burn his hand sometimes. Yeah. And we all we all run up against things we that I guess we just stove. need to experience. Sometimes. At some point, we're going to touch right. the stove. That's right. There's your truth. <laughs> they only do it once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, only once. As adults, I don't know. I've done some things so more than once. But doing it that's another story. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. As I listen to all that we're speaking about, I think it really talks to us about being centered in ourselves and giving space for others to have a space to work things through and out yeah. without our judgment, without our expectation. So we're releasing others from our expectations. Mm -hmm. Now, an example for me, um, mm -hmm. in the politics, my family and I are different here. Uh, one of the quest questions came up about liking somebody, and it was them against me. I just simply went silent, didn't participate. Mm -hmm. And so that released them from leaving me alone about it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, now, okay, I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead. As, as a larger society, we seem to have lost the art of disagreeing without being disagreeable. Mm. Yeah. 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 Okay, so we're going to move to that next question now. So let's assume that we've determined for ourselves that there is a sense of rightness about what we're about to speak. Some level of it's worth our energy for some reason to speak this to someone. The next question that comes up is, is it kind? So what kinds of things might we speak that are not kind? Critical things. Okay, criticism. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Anger. The phrases of a lot of people I know. Quit drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Quit drinking the Kool-Aid. Anger. Anger. Being condescending. Huh? Being condescending. Like, Being well, you're condescending. Not condescending anyway. Yeah, <laughs> condescension. I think it's more in how you deliver what you're saying, how you ask the question, or how you. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think you can pretty much approach any question or any any conversation, whether it's difficult or or hard to hear. But if but if you're doing it in a kind mm -hmm. way, in a way that. Uh, projects that you really care about this person and and uh, you're not you're not it's not an attack so you're probing more for understanding you really want to understand or like Angela was talking about earlier with sensitivity with sensitivity yeah I think also the tone of the delivery uh-huh the tone so I guess blaming would fall under unkind shaming would fall under unkind and Judging, yeah. Yeah. 
So we can say anything that needs to be said in a kind way, in a respectful way. We can establish boundaries respectfully. We can leave jobs or relationships respectfully. We can provide bad news to someone if we're the one tasked with that kindly and respectfully. We can give constructive criticism in a positive, uplifting, and kind way. But what's required for us to infuse kindness into our speech? What qualities? What actions? The word confidence for me implies a connection with okay. something. Um, I think people get into trouble when they connect their ideas with their ego. Okay. And I'm learning to shift my sense of connection to a higher power. Okay. Is so listening internally for a guidance. Is it appropriate mm -hmm. um, for, uh, for me under those circumstances okay. to, um, to entertain uh, the words, not from my ego necessarily, right. but from a higher power? Okay. So from an inner guidance, from a higher power, it sounds like that would require some humility, though. Mm -hmm. but maybe that would be a quality that might be called in. Compassion. Yeah. Compassion. Compassion. Yeah. Kimberly? <clears throat> I think with compassion and kindness to set your boundaries. I have a sister that doesn't believe in God the same way I do, so she's mm -hmm. shoving everything down my throat, and I finally went and said, Joanne, I love you but I see things differently. And she goes, you just don't want to know the truth. And I went, <laughs> that's right. your opinion. Right. That's your opinion, Joanne. <laughs> and so I said, we don't talk about these subjects. If we do, I just leave. <laughs> there you go. So that set safe boundaries. <laughs> I think yeah. sometimes kindness comes down to that three-second pause, too. Yes. It's a matter of, that pause of there's a you have a reaction, and then you and and you kind of, you take a breath and you say, well, what I was about to say is probably not a very nice thing to say. You know, right. Think yeah. about that in your way. In your so way. responses tend to be more kind than reactions. So taking the time to offer a response, it's often going to be more kind. I'm in theater class, so we have to give a lot of compliments and a lot of conflicting things about a person's mm -hmm. rehearsal. And a lot of the times you have to go and say, well, don't say the word but. That's really mean to say. Mm -hmm. You did well, but. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to like this yeah. one. Right. And a lot of times you have to stop and go, after two months of rehearsing, all the time over the phone with my friend, and spending all this time memorizing the script, getting up on stage, even though I have severe stage fright because a lot of people in my class do, do I want to hear something mean right now? Right. Do I want to hear something that's like, ooh, you guys did awesome, but, you know, this, that, mm, nobody really wants to hear that. You want to hear, this is my path to improval, not, there you go. Here's what you did wrong. Yeah. Mm. Great insight. Yes. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to phrase it kindly, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just went three minutes off stage with my hair. <laughs> you were looking red today. <laughs> no, 
That doesn't ever feel good, huh? No. <laughs> April. I think pretty much what's, what's covering all of this is love. Oh, love. Love. Love, man. What, you know? Yeah. What, what would love, what would love do? What would, would love, love do now? What how would, would love, love speak? speak? How would, how would, how would love approach this? If I'm, right. if I'm trying to be in a place of love, and that's, for me, that's what I try to do. Right. <clears throat> then how can I love this situation? And that, and that'll bring in your compassion and your open-mindedness and kindness and, and help guide your word choice and right. You know how you want to present it in the place of love. And if yeah. you're being in a place of love, you see why, man. And again, you got to pause. <laughs> yeah. To ask that question. Yeah. You do. And I think. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. No. Go ahead. And I was just going to say, and I think <clears throat> love, love is dependent on a person, right? I mean, there. Right. I've known people that have absolutely no problem with you being very critical with them. Mm -hmm. They think that, that I, I want honest criticism and that's how I improve. And they're absolutely fine with that. And there's uh, others mm -hmm. like myself who aren't. Right. You know, so <laughs> it's a little, <laughs> a little sensitive so, around that way. Yeah. You know, you, you may maybe loving that person is being critical with them because, mm -hmm. especially if you have a relationship with them, because now they know that you're being honest and that's really important to them. And right. Versus you know, yeah. someone else who may be um, fragile or, or someone who's had a different experience who maybe doesn't take it as well. You know. Yeah, good point. Okay, hang on a second. I got an order going here. Did I see your hand up a second ago? Because I thought I did and then... No, but no? it'll sure? come up later. Okay, and then Chris back there, then when Lucinda, then April. When I'm listening to this, uh, when I think April said something about coming from love, I think it's a surrendering of our ego to that yeah. self respond from it's a surrender to the what is yeah. like uh, Gary was saying some people have an appreciation for constructive criticism mm -hmm. and others don't so if we surrender to what's the reality in that relationship right recognizing who is interested in what yeah that we right. might have to say yeah I um, knowing the audience Exactly. I speak much differently to a, a first week attendee, a first time class participant, and a practitioner student who has said, my goal is to grow, help me grow, right? <laughs> and then you become a ministerial student. But it's still... I still think that, you know, the love means that you're speaking from kindness. Even if you're being invited to give constructive criticism, you're still, for me, erring on the side of kindness and compassion in how you respond to people. Okay, so Lucinda, April, David, go ahead. And then we're going to have to go to the next point and maybe even skip something. And that's fine. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying a lot of times before I say something, I need to stop and think, what am I mm -hmm. hoping to accomplish? Right. And is this really going to do it? Yeah. Okay. So is this going to accomplish what I'm setting out to accomplish? Good question. April. Well, the other point I wanted to make was just, you with the person, like you said, that we, we know people, so we speak to them a little bit differently, right? Because mm -hmm. we know how to, we have relationship. Right. If you don't have a relationship with someone, 
you might not even have a need to put your opinion out there, but, <laughs> but exactly can, depending on how you approach it, you can either build a bridge or a wall, mm -hmm. and and it's up to you which one you want in your face. You know, you want a bridge right. or you want a wall. It's just like you know, you know me. A lot of people know me. If you came to me and said, you are wrong, you're doing this wrong, and I think you should do this, I'm shut off, man. That's not that's not coming in. Yeah. And instantly, you just built a wall with me, and, mm -hmm. and, and right. now we're not accomplishing anything fruitful or positive with each other. But right. depending on how you speak to different people, you, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you need to have a relationship and respect them as a human being right. to make a bridge. Yeah, I agree. David. And then Chris, and then we really do need to move to the next <laughs> thing. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, constructive for me still means positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to build up, yeah. construct. Yeah. I don't, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. Constructive. Empowering. Means you're building up, not tearing down. Right. Yeah. Chris, I think it boils down to what is the intention of the what is the intention? And I would add to intention, what's your motivation? Because those are different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to assume that something is true in some degree and that we're being kind. There's still the question of is this necessary? Yeah. Is it helpful? Does it improve upon the silence? And the silence is golden. Silence is golden. <laughs> Not always, but <laughs> but it's a phrase. And helpful to whom? Right. Helpful to whom? Helpful to me, or helpful to you, or helpful to all of us. I think mm -hmm. we need to have that higher perspective. Right. I want one more, and I then... I just think it speaks to motivation, <laughs> okay. what Chris was saying. Yes. You had the intention, and then what's the motivation? Right, what's your motivation? Yeah, what are you hoping to accomplish or gain? So I'd like to spend our last couple of minutes thinking about, talking about, awakening the peaceful heart, because we're talking about speech a lot, and I think that once we learn to pause and look at questions like, truthfulness, kindness, and necessity. Our hearts can become more peaceful as our speech becomes more peaceful. There's another quote that the same teacher offered. He said, your awakened heart can effortlessly experience joy, contentment, and peace. It is capable of healing all the pain, the discomfort, and sadness that rests inside of you. It's in you. It's already who you truly are. So it becomes about accessing the peace that already dwells in your heart. Do you believe that? Yes. Yes. Yeah? Uh, Rumi said, between right thinking and wrong thinking, there's a field. I'll meet you there. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that, too. Yeah. So it's accessible. It's there. How do you know that that's true? If you believe that that is true, that peace dwells as a possibility within us, how do you personally know that's true? It feels good. Okay, it feels good. Well, if I've been there once, I can access it again. Okay, 
I've been there once. I can go back again. Kim? That's what I was going to say. It's, yeah. I find it accessible. Every time I try to access it, it's there. So it, it takes, again, pausing and intentionally seeking it. Where is the peace here? But when we do that, eventually, I mean, we, we might be going through really rough times, and it might take a while sometimes, but eventually we can come back to that peaceful place. That's what the practice is for. That's what practice is for, yeah. So this teacher asks, are you willing to own this reality? Own it, which means living your life accordingly, like living as if peace is always a possibility. Are you willing to, to accept and own and live that? It's a question to sit with. Poet Rumi said, your task is not to seek for love, but instead to seek and find all the barriers that you have held between love and your heart. Find those barriers and over time ideally remove them. Can you have an unconditional quality to your love? Are you asking me personally, or are you asking <laughs> that in the room? Or I was taking off on what Rumi just said. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. So for each of us, can we have that unconditional <coughs> quality to our love? Chris? Is it possible for those obstacles to dissolve without, by not giving them the attention? Is it possible that they dissolve rather than they're what do you all think? Is it possible to dissolve the barriers without forcefully removing them? Lack of attention. Lack of attention. No energizing them. No energizing them. Knowing this too will pass. Knowing this too will pass. Well, we, we built those defenses so we could dismantle them. I mean, when, we, when we first got here, we were loving unconditionally. Right. So it sounds like... I think it goes beyond not giving attention mm -hmm. to actively seeking to understand as well. Right. So actively seeking to understand, not, not giving a particular form of attention, like not building up and dramatizing, and, but instead inquiring, why is this here? You know, maybe where where did it come from, so that I can understand that oh it oh this is from 30 years ago. I don't have to let this impact me anymore. This is not even my life now. So yeah, coming to an understanding is can be important in helping that process. So would that be pouring love onto it? That could be part of the process. Yeah, we're gonna do a, a brief. We're going a little long today, but I'm thinking we don't worry too much about that in this particular service. We're going to do a practice as we end today to do just that. So I had a question, how do we let barriers down to let love in? That's sort of what we're talking about. And I'm just going to make a couple of quick comments as we move into this practice. One way to let the barriers down is to remember and acknowledge and accept 
that we are channels of love. Mm -hmm. We're channels for love to move through. We're conduits of energy. Hoffi said we're holes in the flute. The Rabbi Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. This points to our willingness to knock, to ask the questions, to be introspective. The willingness to flow that love in the direction of something that's difficult or uncomfortable. So this practice to end our time today, a brief meditation to awaken the peaceful heart. So if you feel comfortable closing your eyes and settling into the space once again, or lowering your gaze, taking a slow, deep breath in, and then releasing it and relaxing your body Noticing the still points between the breaths. Now I invite you to call to mind, are you holding a grudge, a grievance, a judgment against anyone? or group of any ones right now. Because it doesn't work to hold on to these and awaken your peaceful heart. It's not about, this isn't about forgiveness. We're not about to go into a forgiveness exercise. This is about you and who you truly are. It's about establishing that you are a conduit for love to move through, for peace, joy, contentment, abundance to move through. So let's begin by settling into an attitude of loving kindness. Just becoming aware of the love and the kindness that is forever available. The Buddhists call this metta prayer. With every in-breath, breathe the infinity of love into your finite heart and feel the heart expanding just a little bit. Stretching the heart breath by breath. And then sending that love back out with every out breath. Now this time, breathing in loving kindness and on the out breath, sending it out to all of your loved ones, near and far those who have moved beyond this plane. And now breathing in loving kindness 
and as you breathe out, sending it to your friends, those who are close, those who are far away, those who are no longer with us. And now, breathing in loving-kindness, and then breathing it out to all of your acquaintances, and to people that you don't know, but who make it possible for you to live your life. just a conduit of love and loving-kindness moving in and out. Now breathe in loving-kindness and send it out to that one person or persons with whom you have a grievance because this is who you are. Now breathing in and sending loving-kindness to every sentient being. And then wrapping the entire planet with loving-kindness. huge bubble of love. And taking a moment to acknowledge that in any given moment there are thousands of people all over the planet offering loving-kindness. Praying loving-kindness. As one of those people, you are receiving all of that love. Allow it. Receive the love that is showering down upon you. Fifty thousand blessings showering down. This is the multiplying power of love. And so together we close our time today. filled to overflowing with love. Acknowledging the one source of all of life as love itself. Another name for God, 
another name for spirit, love. I know for each one of us that we gratefully receive all of the blessings that have been offered this day. And with deep gratitude, we bask in the loving kindness that fills us to overflowing now. And so setting the intention to carry that loving kindness with us so that it might act through our speech, so that it might fill our hearts in ways that allow us to be compassionate and loving to all who cross our path. I give thanks for the opportunity to be reminded and I set an intention to carry this out with me into the week. So deeply grateful for each one here today for the wisdom, the perceptions, for the heartfelt sharing that is offered this week and every week. I say thank you, God. Thank you, Spirit. And I release this prayer knowing that it opens the way for a graceful week to unfold. Just affirm this together as we say, and so it is. Amen. Wow, you guys are awesome. We should trade places from week to week. When you guys come up and direct this thing, it'd be fun to be out there. Every Sunday that we offer you an opportunity to uh, share of your financial good with this community in support of the work that we do. So we're going to enjoy some music today. Um, you all know if you've been here before that I love Jason Mraz. So we're going to yeah. do one of those today. But if you're at home, you can uh, go to the Mystic Heart dot org website and find our donate button or our mailing address you'd like to make a contribution. We do also have a gracious giving program if you're called to commit to some any amount monthly to help support us in our uh, budgeting practices. You can find more information on the website or talk to any one of us. So as we move into this time, we have uh, an affirmation that is heartfelt that we use to bless our offering. And so I invite you to speak it with me if you feel so called. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into this flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing it forth and forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith it does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. So it is. So this is to remind us about those lunch donations and the fact that we just purchased our support of our third regenerated acre. 
And so this does both. It gives us some dance time, some offertory time, and a reminder of what we're up to. One more time. Here you go. Just take it.
because I'm going to do the invitations after you do the blessing today. Thank you. Thank you to each and every one for what you bring, for your gifts of commentary, of energy, for the way in which you support our family. Thank you for, for the gifts of love. Thank you for the time, talent, energy, and the financial contributions for, without which we could not continue. So thank you for supporting our work and for each one of us knowing that Mystic Heart is growing with each and every moment. So I just say thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. I want to acknowledge that we have these these amazing practitioners available. Lucinda's on today. If anyone, anything is shook loose and you'd like to sit in prayer, she's here after service for you. We also have some prayer cards up on the fireplace that if you'd rather just do it quietly and have it sent to our prayer team, we'd be happy to work on your behalf that way. Thank you for your service today. Chris is also a prayer practitioner at this point in time. Traveling incognito. Traveling incognito. <laughs> so I'm going to just highlight a couple of things today. One of them is her, she, isn't in the room right now. But we're still going to acknowledge Sandy, because Sandy comes in every week. And she comes in early, and she sets up all the food thing, and she organizes it, and she coordinates through the week, and she makes sure that we've got food. And we always have food. So... I will thank her again personally. I do it often, but I wanted to acknowledge that for you guys today. Also, um, Kavalya Poyer is offering Kundalini Yoga and Meditation on Tuesdays next door from 11 to 12.15. And also on Tuesdays, Michael Gordo and the book club is reading Lunch with Buddha from 3 to 5. You don't have to even have, you can just drop in if you want. We listen to it and we discuss the the uh, the depth that's in that novel. It's a it's a really fun novel as well, but there's some depth there. Uh, Kavalya is also offering functional movement yoga on Thursdays. Oops, I skipped one. Way of Peaceful Evolution, that's the Wednesday class that just started this week. There's one more week in which you could add after that. You'll never catch up. So, if you'd like to join us, um, one more week to add. Kavalya Poyer is offering functional movement yoga on Thursday. So, it's a different form altogether from 11 to 12.15. And after that, right after that, Fast Track to Wellness meets. And I facilitate that. We have a nice circle meeting right now on Thursdays from 12.30 to 2.30. That is a different time. That's a half hour later than it has been because of the yoga. And then after that, on Thursdays, Metaphysical Bible Study meets with Chris Johnson, facilitating and leading. And this coming Saturday, Ellie Thompson will be leading the next prayer in Praying in Color play shop. And this one's called Treasure Mapping. So if you're intrigued and you'd like to come and learn how to do prayer through artistic media, this might be a fun exploration for you. And that'll be from 10 to noon on Saturday the 14th. 
We are still ongoing, looking for volunteers to stand in one service every so many weeks with our with Tracy and our young people. Um, it's really a lot of fun, and you end up learning an awful lot. Tracy's a wonderful leader. You don't ever have to create or plan, or you just show up and assist and love them, and that's what we're looking for. Looking ahead briefly, um, Sunday, February 5th, Anton Miserak and Laura Berryhill will be back offering special music for the Sunday gathering for both ser both services, both halves. Yay! Yeah, you don't want to miss them. They're really fantastic. The next sound bath meditation will be offered here in Sweet Eye on Tuesday, February 7th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. And our second annual spring retreat at Coram Ranch in Shasta Lake is scheduled still for April 20th through the 23rd. So all the details are in your bulletin. They look like this. They're at the end. If you don't have one already at home to put on your fridge, everything for the next month or two is in there. And if you are new with us today and you would like to be sure you're receiving this stuff um, through our newsletters and that sort of thing, we have an information card also on the fireplace that you're welcome to fill out and leave with us. And I think that wraps it up for today. Except... Why don't we stand up and sing before we head off to lunch? <laughs> Back to the earth. I love that song. Of course I do. I wonder why. Back to the mirth. <laughs> Stand and we are changing A whole new life for you and me Take your past and set it free And share this blessing Love be with you Peace unfold you Spirit lift you Breathe it in Truth come through you Make a flow to you Let joy renew you Stay warm and, if and dry. Yeah. And if you're here and want to join us for lunch, lots of goodies.